That's it. The end of the line. I'm never gonna have children. <gasps> Selma, I never realized you wanted a child so badly. I didn't want to get pregnant and lose my looks. <laughs> but now I'm afraid I'll grow old alone. What about your pet iguana? Jub Jub. Jub Jub can't take care of me when I'm old and sick. All he can do is eat me when I'm dead. Don't cry, sweetie. Everything's gonna be all right. Come on, kids. We should go. Goodbye, Selma. I'm not dead, idiot. I know. That was for the other patients. Oh! Oh, my thingies! Four-finger discount, dude. Welcome to Four Finger Discount, the podcast where you can always purchase it for 10,000 happinesses. This week we're here to review episode GABF06. It is Goo Goo Guy Pan. I am Dando. And I am Goo Goo Guy Pan. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. Goo Goo Guy Davis. What, what is that? What is our reference to the Goo Goo Guy Pan? Uh, is it like a food or something? Or I've, I'm pretty sure it's Moo Goo Guy Pan. I've just Googled Goo Goo Guy Pan. I'm seeing if that gives me... Okay, so we've got food. Oh, yeah, Moo Goo Guy Pan is a food. There you go. Okay. I've never had it before, obviously. Yeah, it's a, it's a, a Chinese dish. Moo Goo Guy Nor Pan. Nor have I. I do not get more adventurous than lemon chicken. But <laughs> I, I can't eat Chinese food for some reason. It's, I think it's the MSG. Is it the MSG they put in the Chinese food? It could be that, or it could be your racism. Oh, <laughs> 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 well, that actually makes this title quite clever then. I like it. Goo Goo Guy Pan. Very clever. Now, this episode here... Not going to lie, watched it one time, I was like, yeah, take it and leave it, whatever. Watched it again, I enjoyed it more. And then I watched it with the commentary, and I heard the backstory and what the episode actually means. So this was written by Dana Gould using the, I think it was, uh, is it Lance Talbot? What was the, um, L- Lawrence, Lawrence Talbot. Talbot. Now, which, by the way, the um, the non-furry identity of the Wolfman from the classic werewolf movies. Exactly right, yeah. Now, the reason that he used uh, the, the pseudonym for this when he wrote this episode, was because the whole backstory of this episode, Dana and his wife actually did this. They went to China and adopted oh. a child, right? They've done this three times. But just before they were going back for a third time, he wrote this episode, and he feared that if they found out that he wrote this episode, they wouldn't let him <laughs> have another child, and there'd be issues with the ones he's already got. So he used the fake name, so they wouldn't know. But even the, um, the the design of um, of Ling is based on the reference photo that he was sent for his first daughter, Lulu. And just a- everything that happened in this episode was sort of things that happened to him, obviously played up for the, for the, for the for comedy. But the of story course. of him going to China to get a, um, a, a, doctor, a, a daughter with his wife, this, that's what really happened. And that's what this episode's about. I thought that's actually a very sweet little, little tribute to his daughter. That is indeed. And it makes a whole bunch of sense because Ling is just the cutest. Oh, my thing. God. When Homer's <laughs> looking for her and she grabs his eyes and he goes, Ling. I was like, oh, my heart. <laughs> I, I, She's I, adorable. It's not, it's not very often that in these days of The Simpsons that they, they sort of get you. And this one got me. Mm-hmm. I was like, "This is this is just lovely." And like, I know Homer's a, a bit of a dick, and he does he has his moments, but overall, he's doing good for for Selma. And I liked that seeing that dynamic of usually it's they hate each other. Homer's doing good. Homer is the reason that she got the baby in the end. I know he was doing it for Marge, but I just thought overall this is a pretty lovely episode, considering it's one of the the the, the travel one. The travel ones are usually like, "Oh yeah, let's go somewhere." Like, remember the England one that just went there? It's just a bunch oh, of yeah. gags. This one was similar, but at least it had that story to it that meant something. You're right, and look, knowing that backstory does make a great deal of difference. I've got to say, yeah, this did really feel like uh, stereotypes. Uh, Ahoy. I mean, as you get with uh, episodes where the Simpsons go somewhere, particularly when they go internationally. Uh, and it, it felt like to me that was a weighed a little more heavily in that regard than the actual story, which is, you know, your classic sitcom story of I've got to pretend to be you know, attracted to someone I hate or that kind of business. But, yeah, this, this is a good version of that when you get it. It didn't really go into sort of... Uh the territory where it felt unrealistic in the sense, but besides the, um, the, the acrobat scene and all that kind of stuff, that kind of stuff, but the story I'm talking about of Homer and Homer and Selma, it didn't get too far fetched. 
No, you're right. It was, you know, your, yeah, vintage, um, not mistaken identity, but masquerade kind yeah. of deal. So, yeah, and, and you're right. It wasn't extremely far-fetched, except when he had to uh, get painted gold and pose as a Buddha yeah. and get dragged around by a hook through the nose. Uh, but otherwise, yeah, look, this is a – it was a slight, but it was a sweet episode, I thought. And, and, very, and very, very funny in parts. I mean, I, I, I like how you mentioned that – Homer was doing right by Selma. I always like it when Homer gets to be a bit sort of Rodney Dangerfield or a bit Don Rickles in his, and he gets to do his insult comic lines. And there's a few of them in here that I thought were just great. Yeah, that was it's a couple of those made my favorite moments as well. But um, yeah, I, I just I I thought this episode was a really good sort of sequel's not the word I'm looking for here, but it's like a part two to Selma's choice. Correct. Because Selma's, you know, she's desperate for a kid. Then she realised that maybe she's not, you know, not good enough to be a mother. It's too too much hard work. So she has jub jub to fill that that void in her life. And then later down the track, she's like, no, I, I think I do want a kid. But she got menopause, and then that the reality of even well, even if I don't really, I wasn't really sure if I wanted one, but now I can't have one. But then she goes and adopts this child, and then Homer helps because in the at the end of that episode, Homer and Selma have that moment where Homer, she's like, how do you do it, Homer? Mm-hmm. I was just like, it all sort of tied in nicely. I thought it was actually pretty well done, all things considered. <laughs> Yeah, you're the expert yep. uh, on all things Simpsons when it comes to this uh, this episode. I'm really just along for the ride. But are there patty episodes? I mean, I'm sure there are patty episodes. We've seen them, right? It just we seems had like one we're two weeks more. ago. <laughs> oh. <laughs> There's something about marrying. Of course, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting my patty and my Selma mixed up. Oh. Yeah, yeah. So, so patty, yeah, she came out two weeks ago, and this week Selma got finally got the child she's always wanted. Okay. But we're, you're we're, not only the Simpsons expert; you're the <laughs> the brains of the outfit. Mine are clearly turning into Swiss cheese. We um we have a Patty episode in season two called Principal Charming, where they try to set up Principal Skinner with Selma, but he ends up falling for Patty. And um, that's it's actually, okay. it's actually a very sweet episode as well. But that's back in season two. You don't necessarily mm-hmm. get many Patty and Selma. Pat, Patty, particularly, you get Selma episodes quite, you know, when she falls in love with Troy McClure and Sideshow Bob and things like that. It's not often you get a Patty-centric episode, um, which we got two weeks ago. But yeah, I just thought the um, the fact that going forward now, they've actually changed the status quo and that doesn't happen True. very often. Now Selma has that daughter and she yeah. has that baby. Now Ling's going to be part of the Simpsons universe. And as you were saying, Ling, adorable. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, yeah, I really like that, and I hope the dynamic now between Homer and Patty and Selma changes a bit because Homer was help- was helpful mm. with Patty a couple of weeks ago with you know being the um, the minister and everything, and then this week here he helped Selma get the baby. So hopefully now, uh, as as funny as that dynamic was of uh, sister in law, you know, husband not liking each other, we've had sixteen years of it now. It's time to sort of move on and create a new dynamic. I would hope that it would remain a little combative, but not as necessarily hateful. Hateful. As, yeah, yeah. Sort of tongue-in-cheek back and forth as opposed to this guy, Marge, what are you doing? Get rid of this guy kind of attitude. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, but, yeah, overall, though, I thought I, I, I really, really like this episode. Now, a few things before we get into our favourite moments and everything. Mm-hmm. So, uh, this was actually banned. It still is banned in China, this episode. So, they released uh, – they opened up Disney Plus in Hong Kong or in China – uh, when was it? Uh, in Hong Kong, launched on November 16th, 2021, and subscribers in Hong Kong noted that the this episode was not available in that region. Um, and they think it's due to the reference to the Tank Man. I figured that might be the case. I mean, yeah. uh, what, watching this, I was like, oh, remember the early 2000s we could still make fun of China? <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Yeah, but... Um, not and- anymore. But the thing is, it's the Simpsons. They make fun of everybody. That's but true. It's, a, it's yeah. a different kettle of fish, though, isn't it? I think so. And I mean, this wasn't necessarily a poking aggressive fun of China. Which is, yeah, it's apart from the Tiananmen Square thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is what they which is what they did in the Simpsons. Oh, sorry, what they do with Australia. Is what they do when they went to England. It's just what they do. It's just Westerners might take that a little bit differently. Correct. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> uh, yeah, so yeah, this episode was um, was banned and still is banned um, in Hong Kong, at least. Hey, my favourite! All right, Mr. Davis, what are your favourite moments from Goo Goo Guy Pan? What did I enjoy very much? Well, uh, as, as I said, yes, I was, I'm a big fan of Homer giving it to Patty and Selma on occasion, and uh, particularly when he does it well. And I liked, I just liked pretty much everything was happening in the hospital. 
uh, especially when um, <laughs> you know pull the sheet the over. I love that. <laughs> it's like I'm not dead. I know that was for the other patients. <laughs> it's like. Zing! That was classic worker. sitcom banter, wasn't it? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> that but was, that was, was, if it was on the nanny, that would be Niles covering CC Babcock. Very much so, <laughs> yeah. And I think before then he also, he chuckled at something that, um, you know. Oh, she oh. says she didn't want to have kids to ruin her good looks and figure. That's right. Yeah, and you hear the laugh from Homer. And then you sort of pan over to him and the, he's doing just a little sort of sideways glance. I thought, oh, that's very cute and funny. Enjoyed that a lot. Um I think my favourite part of this episode was probably the guest uh, appearance by Robert Wagner, in all honesty. I mean, Robert Wagner's a bit of an old Hollywood veteran, you know, from the 50s and 60s, and, you know, then he segued into uh, TV in the 70s on the TV series Heart to Heart. Actor, smooth customer, woman's health advocate. (laughs) Yeah, which is a bit of a... Could be a bit of a double-sided gag because the, the, there's a whole mystery surrounding Robert Wagner, his late wife Natalie Wood, the actor for Christopher Walken. They were all on a yacht together when Natalie Wood fell off the boat uh, and drowned. And oh, you know, some people say, some people are saying, did, did Robert Wagner kill his wife? <laughs> was she having an affair with Christopher Walken? And Wagner got all you know bent out of shape about it and and killed her. You know, did Walken kill her? Was it an accident? All this kind of stuff. And you know, there's been sort of gossip in the 40 years or so since it happened that like did Robert Wagner kill his wife and get away with it you know like Brad Pitt in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood anyway uh but putting all that aside I just like I really like the way he delivered his lines here I thought they were fantastic I mean I love that actor smooth customer and women's health advocate uh- <laughs> do you know he was actually there was actually scripted there to say uh actor former actor and he oh. and, and he actually said to them I'm not saying that and they used that at the end <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny because I mean he was still oh maybe not at this stage but I mean he was in the Rob he was in the um, Austin Powers movies yeah yeah but they were just trying to take the piss and say actor former actor because he wasn't really get much work anymore as well as what he used to and he's like That's I'm not true. saying that and then they put that at the end of the thing <laughs> good on <laughs> but that whole bit about Menopause, menopause, menopause. I'm not saying that. <laughs> yeah, that, that's that, that's the, the, I'm not saying that. Yeah, that's why they used it. Um, but do, do you know that um, Wagner was, as they referred to in the commentary, he was the last contract player at Fox. So he was the last long-term oh. contract um, that Fox had. Robert Wagner was the last one. Yeah. There you go. Remember that. Uh, look, and there are others, but um, they were really just sort of more lines than anything else. So I think we'll get to those when we get to those in our review but dando what were your favorite moments well i liked the hospital scene obviously i liked ling um when homer found ling i just thought it was adorable mm. and just i'm um, squeezing his eyes i just thought it was very clever because it was like a, a just a sight gag when she squeezed his eyes at the start and yeah. it played into how he was able to find her i was like oh that's that's well played <laughs> well played dana but i also liked the um the end credits here where david silverman draws by i was like give us more of this stuff that was great wasn't it yeah, I, I, they, they should have done this all the time. I, a fucking 10-year-old me would have ate that shit up. I used to love when I saw <laughs> things like that. It's, I thought it was really cool. Yeah, I, I'm seeing things like, you know, when they um, when they did Homer, and it's like, oh, his hair and his ear is Matt Groening's initial? Yeah. Whoa, that's it. But, yeah, I mean, Silverman just seemed like a really, a really cool dude. Oh, Silverman <laughs> is like... The greatest. I mean, he. We. I spoke to him for our book, and when I was over there, I was able to sit around and have a chat with him. I remember being in line. I've said this on the podcast before. Um, we're like lining up for sushi, and like right in front of me, I'm like, "That's David Silverman. That's that's David Silverman." He's just like, I was like, I'm telling Nick, I'm like, "That's that's that's David Silverman." She's like, "Who?" And I was like, "It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's David Silverman." <laughs> and then, like I ended up saying hello to him and stuff. And Mike B. Anderson, a, a director and worker on the show as well, was there as well, and he'd heard of, heard of their podcast and that, and. Yeah, David Silverman, he's just he's been there since the original. He animated the opening mm. credits. He is just he is one of the original if it wasn't for David Silverman, honestly, there would be no Simpsons because he was the guy when they got the original um pilot episode back, which ended up becoming the finale of season one, Some Enchanted Evening. It had been done by a former director who was a director from Mighty Mouse. I can't his name escapes me. Okay. But he wanted to make it all cartoony and elasticy, and it just it wasn't real. Okay. It didn't look realistic. So they gave David Silverman the Bart the Genius episode, when mm. you know the one that um, where he pretends he's smart or he cheats with with Martin's yeah. test, and that came back, and they went, okay, okay, this show's going to work <laughs> because originally they were going to cancel The Simpsons after watching that first pilot that came back. They went, if this next one's no good, The Simpsons is just going to get canned. We're not going to do it. And then David Silverman did Bart the Genius. It's incredible. And, um, yeah, 
still. How about because that? of David Silverman, we now had The Simpsons. So round of applause for David Silverman. <laughs> On you, Dave. You, but you can just tell he's just a good dude just from looking at that 30-second clip, can't you? You can just tell he's just a, a nice, modest man. <laughs> yeah. You get the feeling that some artists would be very possessive of what they do and not willing to sort of share secrets or be a bit stingy with it. And he's just like... That's how I draw Bart Simpson. Yeah, and you got to make sure he's got nine uh, nine spikes in his head and all this kind of. And I, I loved his explanation. But you know, you've got big can of tomatoes, tuna can, right there. Yeah, <laughs> it's like that was fantastic. Yeah, I've written. I actually wrote down here. Nice tutorial, Silverman. Yeah. <laughs> it's really really good. I really like that. Yeah, yeah, that was great. That was that was a really good call. Next question. You there eating the paste? It is now time for some trivia. But before then, Mister Davis, we have to read out some shout outs from our beloved patrons. Shout it out. Andrew Davis, as well as Ryan Dunlap, Jared Howard, Christopher Trent Darby, Andrew Zur, Jordan Molman, Richie, Steamed Ham Champion, Dylan Haggett, Hank Scorpio, Kevin Dental Plan Flood, Jonathan Rossi, Zach Pruitt, Timothy Burleson, Joel Yoland, Katie G, Daniel Kotnick, Shannon Hofer, Reese Roberts, George McMenemy, Stephen Roberts, Sean Devey, Bella Winderbank, Tom Pickering, Mark Boston Burgess, Groundskeeper Noah, Declan Phoenix, Lewis Kavanagh, Jack McFadden, Heath Appleby, Preston Murray, and Adric McLeod. We love each and every one of those people, don't we, Mr. Davis? Uh, I love most of them. Ah, they're all pretty good, if you ask me. <laughs> they're all great. They're all top-notch, A-list, uh, front page school book. Yeah, the greatest. The greatest. All right, so my first question is, what was Mr. Burns' license number? <laughs> it was zero 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 double four. I would have just taken 44, yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but my question to you is, uh, yes. how how much did uh, Mr. Burns weigh when he oh, uh, got his driver's license? I actually don't have that written down, but from memory, I'm going to say 185 pounds. I think it's just 85. 85 pounds. Okay, for some reason, 85 <laughs> was in my head. 185 seems like a lot. <laughs> <laughs> that seems like a healthy weight. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah okay. When did his license expire? Uh, 1909. Correct, yes. I think we both freeze-framed this, didn't we? No, we did, yeah. <laughs> We're going to move on from that and instead say, I'm I'm going to ask you, who was on the grill of the of his car? Ah, that was Mole Man, comic book guy, and crazy cat lady. Correct, sir. What was being exported to the USA from China? Oh, um, it was like Mom's Apple Pie. Uh, was America's oh, Choice Apple Pie. Yep, yeah, yeah. Oh, damn it. There were three crates, weren't there? Yeah. And they were all very American things. One's, uh, oh, one's a um, uh, crustacean. Ooh. So, Kramer oh. Kramer catches Main lobsters. Main lobsters, yep. The next one is a breakfast. Cheerios? It's Heartland Oatmeal. Heartland Oatmeal. <laughs> and, and then yeah, America's apple, Choice Apple Pie, yeah. America's Choice Apple Pie, that's right. Uh, my next question to you is, mm. what number flight uh, is, is the Simpson family taking back from China to Springfield? Oh, that's a really good question. Can I have a, one clue? Because I have no idea. Uh, the two number it's two numbers and they're the same number. I'm going to say 77. You're so close. It was 88. 88. Damn, damn. <laughs> I thought I might have put like an 89 or something as a reference to the year Tankman happened or something. Who knows? Mm. Uh, my final question, I'll make one up. Uh, when is the show over at the Acrobat Theatre? Uh, when the thin lady in drag shrieks. Thin, thin man in drag. Thin man in drag shrieks. <laughs> no. <laughs> all right, that's all my questions. You got any more for me? I have one more. Hit me. What are the numbers on the fortune cookie fortune? There's a there's oh, the fortune. Oh, yeah. There's like five of them, isn't there? There's 22, one of them. Uh, you're very close. Uh, eight, 18's one, isn't it? Nope. Nope. 5, 10, 23, 9, and 12. Okay. I've nowhere near it. But anyway, <laughs> all right. They were a, our questions for Goo Goo Guy Pam. We'll be right back, guys, after this short break with our review of the episode. If you're a fan of everything we do here at Four Finger Discount, you can show your support by joining the family at patreon.com slash Discount. Here you'll get ad-free early access to all of our shows, Zoom calls with Guy and myself, as well as bonus podcasts such as Tales of Futurama and Guy on Springfield, where we go back and revisit classic episodes from the first 10 seasons. So go ahead and join the family today at patreon.com slash discount. 
The original air date of Gugu Gaipan was March 13th, 2005. It was written by Dana Gould using the pseudonym Lawrence Talbot, which was who, Mr. Davis? The Wolfman. Talbot or Talbot? Talbot. Talbot, yes. And directed by Lance Kramer. Good name, Lance Kramer. (laughs) It's up there with Max Power. (laughs) And obviously, our guest star Robert Wagner as himself and Lucy Liu as Madame Wu. We'll get into her performance in just a few moments. There was no chalk gag. The couch gag was... Uh, all the side characters are all, already in the in, in the room. Homer walks in and has a heart attack when he sees them all. I think he turns the light on and sees them all. Surprise party. The episode kicks off at the Springfield DMV. Mr. Burns is getting his license renewed because he's too old and needs to get it rechecked. His, his skills checked again. Obviously, he thinks he's good, but you know he rocked up with three people already on his grill. And then, as Molman says, at least he's out doing things. Poor Molman. <laughs> but um, unfortunately, when they're going for their drive, Salma feels really, really hot and she's warm. And I mean, we know exactly what they're going for straight away here. It's like, oh, okay, menopause episode. <laughs> Very much so. <laughs> she's getting hot flashes. Uh, hot, is it hot flashes? Yeah, hot flashes. And uh, what, what is it? What is he? Um, he call her? No, he says that he's cooler than Guy Lombardo. Who's Guy Lombardo? I had heard this name. Yeah, and I thought. Do I know who Guy Lombardo I better look it up. Better be sure. It sounds, <laughs> it sounds familiar to me. Yeah, he was a, a band leader in like the uh, 20s and 30s, I okay. believe. And looked him up. <laughs> he does not look cool. He looks like a bit of a, a sort of an oily, heavy set gentleman. You know, happy, smiley. Uh, <laughs> but he, he led the Guy Lombardo Orchestra and you know, got everybody uh, jitterbugging and uh, doing the Charleston and whatever else they did back in the day. But, uh, yeah, that was uh, Guy Lombardo's claim to fame, band leader. Maybe because he had the power. You know, first you get the power, then you get the, is it, then you get the money, then you get the women. Is that what it is? Then you, and then you get the conductor's uh, baton. <laughs> and then you get to call yourself Guy. You know. Not everyone can earn that name. No. What's wrong with me? Good heavens, she's some sort of female madman. Hot. So hot. Stop that, you want wit? I might get stung by a bubbled bee. She opens the roof to cool down and it catches some air like a parachute. I was disappointed with this next bit. So Milhouse and Bart are playing some street hockey, much like um, Wayne's World, right, Wayne and yes, Gart. Car. I wish we saw more of this. Like, it was just like, <laughs> we need Bart and Milhouse to be out in the street. And I was like, but I want to see more of this hockey scene. This looks like fun. Can we have like a, the, the Springfield kids create like a street hockey game or something? I reckon it'd be yeah. a lot of fun. It's nice to see Bart and Milhouse sort of, they're not equal in the, even in this situation, but I don't know. It felt like they were legitimate friends as... Lately, it feels like they're not. <laughs> yeah, it feels right. like Bart's always, like, like he's annoying Bart by being around. But this felt like they were just yeah. hanging out like you normally would with your best mate on a Saturday morning yeah, or afternoon. Correct, yeah. Um, but yeah, someone flies out of the car and she melts into the snow. I didn't like the next bit here with the airbag of the lungs. I was like, oh, whatever. That was pretty gross. But I did like um, someone sort of you know, sinking. The, yeah. I still feel hot. <laughs> yeah. We're now at the hospital. And he says, Dr. Hibber says to Selma, you were getting a hot flash from menopause. And Bart has no idea what menopause is. So Homer explains it's when the stork bring, who brings the babies gets shot by drunken hunters. And Hibbert <laughs> puts on the Robert Wagner tape. Now, I do have my notes here. So is this just how we're going to use guest stars going forward? Just get them to do the Troy McClure bit? Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, of course. Uh, but still, when it's done well in the, in, in this kind of way. That's look, fine. Nothing- but don't, I hope that's just not... Every time we need a guest sign, let's just whack him in a video. I'm like, come on, can you not think of something creative? <laughs> but and, and you know what the annoying thing is too? They're getting the guest stars on and they're not playing anybody. I mean, Lucy Lou did, obviously. But, yeah. you know, last week it was um, Gary Busey playing Gary Busey. This week's Robert Wagner playing Robert Wagner. I'm like, come long, I long for the days where they played a role when you didn't even know it was a guest star. They were so good at the role, you know? I know, but I, I guess, you know, they're of a mind that we'll get actors who are currently People name know. brands yeah to to play actual supporting roles and sort of familiar names of yesteryear we'll just get them to play themselves it, it sort of makes sense i guess i mean shouldn't it be the other way around from a marketing perspective if that's what you're going for so you can say lady gaga is on the simpsons well yeah but i mean you can just advertise it as lady gaga playing i don't know luline yeah luline jr or something like that but uh if he said, guest star Robert Wagner, it's like, who? <laughs> you know, I think you're going to have to have 
Former actor Robert Wagner. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Robert Wagner playing Robert Wagner. And, you know, the kids are going to go, who? And you know, parents are going to go, that's the star of Heart to Heart. Show some respect. What do you know? She's out of eggs. And if you're watching this, so are you. Hello, I'm Robert Wagner, actor, smooth customer, and women's health advocate. Just as the end of the day can bring great beauty, so too can the end of menstruation be a time of radiance and celebration. Sure, you may experience mood swings, loss of desire, and private dryness. But don't worry, you can still do everything that you did before. Everything? Including having children? Ma'am, we're trying to make a video here. Menopause means you can't have any more children, but it also marks a wonderful new plateau in a woman's life. So let's all give menopause a round of menopause. Menopause? I'm not saying that. Nicola got a real chuckle out of the woman's health advocate line, even though has, she has no idea about the story you're telling with his wife and everything. Yeah. She just saw it as, you know, some middle-aged white man being a woman's health advocate. She thought that was the yeah. joke. That was funny. <laughs> <laughs> and the, the, as you were saying earlier, the men applause. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. <laughs> Uh, someone that she's now accepted that she's never going to be able to have kids and she says I, I, I'm probably glad because it would have ruined my figure and Homer laughs at her and then Marge comforts her she says don't worry honey you'll be fine it's, a, it's just a, a normal part of life we all, we'll all get there one day and then Homer covers her with the blanket <laughs> just it, I, even without that that was for the other patient I just like the, the idea that he's covered her I was like <laughs> yeah. oh that's funny <laughs> yeah the, the- the other patient's line and Dan's great delivery of it yeah. was just the cherry on top. Just like your life's over. Blake it over the top. <laughs> That's something that's good. Summer is now watching Son of Satan on the Booberella show. And everyone has a child but her. And Patty tries to comfort her. And she says, you know, there's a damaged can sale down at the store. We should go down and check it out. And she's like, no. Then Patty suggests, why don't you consider adoption? And she's like, oh, no, that's perks of interest. That's, a, that's something she's never really taken into account, but she could do it. Job Job is going to be no good. She doesn't want to leave Job Job behind. All he's going to do is just eat eat her when she's dead. Uh, then they get to the orphanage, and she says she's got, well, she gets the, the baby boy, and you feel mm-hmm. like, you're like, oh, well, that was quick and easy. Okay, she's got the boy. Cool. Yeah, the second half of the episode is going to be someone raising a kid. Or yeah, something. yeah, that's what I thought they were going down here, and then um, and then she says we're going to be a skull family going forward because she's going to give up smoking. I was like, good for you, Selma. And then Cletus arrives to ruin the scene, <laughs> literally. <laughs> yes, in, on more way, in more levels than one. Yeah, I just I'm tired of the hillbilly gags with Cletus now. I'm just I'm just over it. It's just they're really cheap. Well, they they take them they take them too far now. Like oh, yeah. she's got rabies coming out of her mouth and give me back my belly fruit. I'm like, they used to be just dumb. Now they've just taken it that one step too far where it's annoying. Yeah. Now they're unevolved. Yeah, and it's like they're inbred and stuff, and I don't know. I don't know. It's just it's just not for me anyway. And she's, no. he's, she's he says I'll I'll call you after she has her next litter. She says no thanks. Did you notice that the um the orphanage lady was the exact same design as Lindsay Nagel, but didn't have Lindsay Nagel's voice? I w- I was thinking that, and it's like looking very familiar. <laughs> she yeah. branching out into uh into childcare or you know adoptive services or something. But uh, you're right. Yeah, different uh, different voice. Yeah. Lisa then suggests adopting a, a Chinese baby. I didn't realize this was an actual thing. My first note that I took, mm. I was like, "Really? That just seems random." But no, it's a legit thing. It's a big deal. Yeah. yeah. And the, when I heard the um, the commentary that Dana had done this two times already, I was like, "Oh, this episode just feels so much sweeter now, knowing that it's sort of yeah. based on his daughter." And he was like talking about how he looks forward to when his daughter's grown up and he can show her like this was show, you. Yeah. And, and I thought that's really really nice. I think just as a dad, I was like, oh, how nice. <laughs> but Homer's line here: another job lost to a foreigner. <laughs> <laughs> he had some he had some real zingers in this one. Yeah. I mean, we will get to it when we get to it. I mean, there were parts of Homer that I didn't really weren't really into. Not that many, really, just one. But we'll talk about. I'll talk about that when we get to it. Yeah. Okay. So the, the consulate of China. And Russia's wacky neighbour, as it says on the sign. <laughs> and I know it's incredibly racist now in 2022 because it's clearly not a Chinese person doing the voice, but I love the hen without cock. I apologise if that is a double entendre. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought that was so funny. Yeah, they've, 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 trot, they've trotted out Hank Azaria yeah. once again to do one of his many accents. And it's look, so racist, but it's fucking it's, it's, it's funny. <laughs> it's inappropriate, but he's really quite good at them. I, it's not, I guess it is racist. But I think inappropriate is a better term for it because 
Hank Azaria yeah. is not a racist person. No. And they weren't no. going for racism here. It was 20, it was 2005. It was just, it was okay to do this. And as you said, yeah. Hank Azaria does a very funny job of it. Yeah. <laughs> but none of the characters, none of the Chinese characters voiced by non-Chinese actors are being insulted in any way. They're coming across as, at worst, just as kind of, I don't know. More patronising the Americans than anything. Yeah, it, it, like everyday buffoons like the people in Springfield. I yeah. mean, you know, the two guards who are who have to drag Homer the Buddha around. It's like, well, this is Chinese Lenny and Carl. That's like when I first put the Simpsons uh, Go to Australia episode on, and mum's like, that's not what we sound like. That's a terrible... I'm like, no, that's the joke. That's the joke. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like the, they're meant to be terrible. <laughs> Madam, your adoption application is in perfect order, except for one... You forgot to fill out the name of your husband. Husband? Of course. The Chinese government only allows wholesome married couples to adopt. No hen without cock. I apologize if that is a double entendre in your language. It is not in ours. Don't worry. I'll just write my husband's name on this form. Have you ever heard of MacGyver? Oh, yes. Big star. Big star. We know he's not married to you. Right, right, right. And don't forget, your husband must go with you to China to pick up the baby. All right, here I go. Writing the name. Excellent. You are Mrs. Homer Simpson. He is your soulmate and lover. Yes, Homer Simpson is my whole world. I love him. (laughs) Oh, I just felt a chill go through my very soul. Yeah, those sloppy joes will do that come back and on that plane and Homer is completely oblivious as to why they're going to China. He thinks some will just pay for an all-expenses holiday for them. And he used the excuse that he's going to teach uh, math to inner-city youths in order to get out of work. I'm like, well, at least you acknowledged it this time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. As opposed to the other many times. But um, they, Marge says, don't don't talk to him yet about it. Don't ask him yet. Wait till the, the drambui and the, um, the sleeping pills kick in. You know what I wasn't a fan of? The dragons. I listened to the commentary, and they were, they were huge on the dragons. They thought the dragons were their favourite part mm. from a visual perspective, but I just thought the dragons were just not funny at all. I didn't think they were funny, but I didn't. I quite liked them. I liked the song. I was indifferent to the song. I was like, okay. I think the episode works perfectly well without them. I don't think you need them, but yeah, I mean, they're a big part of Chinese culture, and uh, apparently, and um, yeah, I mean, this and their appearance at the end. It's like, oh. I guess. I mean, if you're gonna go, if you're gonna go in, go all in. Yeah, I guess so. I didn't. I didn't like Homer being sort of gaga on the uh, Drambui and, and and. I guess it would have been nicer if he just had have accepted and done it without having to be drugged. Yeah, you didn't yeah. really need the drugging part. It's just like just just ask him, you know. But Homer, um, you know, he says he doesn't want Patty to be happy, and Marge says, "Well, do it for me." So he says, "Fine, I'll do it," because your sweet love was one thing that saved my life from being an unmitigated disaster. I think we could say that to any of our partners, right? Very much so. <laughs> but now we're even. I love that. <laughs> now we're even. I like the flying past the Great Wall of China. And if you look outside, you'll see our our, you know, our famous monument to warrior and spicy chicken pioneer, General Gao. <laughs> <laughs> and they say in, the com- in the commentary, they say, they're not even trying to be subtle here. It's just a giant <laughs> box of fucking chicken. Okay. Uh, I love everyone's taking pictures of themselves with it. Yeah. And we um we get the exports going on the on the um, on the plane to America. Then Madame Wu, she they're having a meeting with her now or somewhere. And I think is Homer there as well. Homer's there as well, isn't he? Yeah. And they mm. give her the the sack of ten thousand happinesses. It's actually really good in the commentary. Dana goes. I just want to make it clear that it's not how it happens. <laughs> uh, they say they're going to get their baby in a few days, which will give them the chance to explore the culture and her to explore the or the to look into the intimate details of their married life. And I was like, okay. Here come the stereotype scenes of just them visiting various places in China. Yeah, and ha- and also having to uh, yeah pose as a loving couple. You ever seen that movie Green Card? Do you know that one? I don't know. With Gerard Depardieu and Annie McDowell. Okay, um, good. R- uh, it's a it's a lovely romantic comedy from the early nineties. Um, directed by Australia's great director Peter Weir. It's lovely. It's a really sweet movie. You can probably find it on Disney Plus. I hope you I'd hope you'd be able to. It's very good. Did Peter Weir what other film did he do? Big one. He did Dead Poets Society and the Truman Show. I was gonna say it was a Truman Show. I knew it was I knew it was a Jim Carrey film. Yeah. Fuck I love yeah. the Truman Show. That's one of my favourite movies ever. Great movie. We should do it on The Movie Guys. We hundred percent 
definitely should. <laughs> Don't even give them the option to choose. We're just going to do it. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> Madam Wu, these are uh, our children, Bart and Lisa. Yes. And this is Marge, our surprisingly hot nanny. Mm, thank you, Mr. Simpson. Don't mention it, Miss October. But don't look at her passport. It's different. I liked that she's a surprisingly hot nanny. I was like, that's cool. Like, she's given Marge something to do. <laughs> but what what's really funny and <laughs> no, kind of hot is that Homer and Marge are getting into the role play of it. Yeah. They're getting, they're getting involved. It's just Miss October. <laughs> don't don't check the passport. <laughs> they're now at the um the the Shaolin Temple monks, and this this scene's been this gag's been used before when he sees the guards in Australia. True. Didn't he do this at the Buckingham Palace guards as well? No, he just. I know he, he did. I know he did it. Didn't he? He did it at the Australian Embassy, where you know, or the American Embassy in Australia, where it's we don't stand for that kind of crap. Yeah. Yeah, but um. Yeah, I don't know. It's kind of funny that mistake. It'd be nice if that was a recurring bit every time they go overseas and there's some kind of home of mistakes. You know, someone for the, it's those guards. You can you can, you have to can pull faces at them and they can't do nothing. You know, and it just gets the shit beaten out of them in every country. Every time, yeah. Or when they go to Canada, they're too nice and polite to them. That it's they don't. <laughs> yeah, he's kind of disappointed yeah, as yeah. a result. <laughs> but I like the the you know the sort of the kung fu uh, movie visuals of this you know the I guess that was a good way to sort of incorporate that stereotype into it that that cliche yeah yeah absolutely that yeah. way then we get the um the taking out of the heart I was like ah but, you know it's just a take on those kind of films isn't it, it happens all the time yeah. it is yeah yeah then the, that the tomb of the chair of the chairman <laughs> he's like a little angel that killed fifty million people people. <laughs> I'm wondering how much of you could get away with these days. I mean, I don't know how much. Well, the cancer culture, the so- social media would tear you to shreds if you did this now. Yeah, or you. I mean, I still, I know it's not shown on on uh, Hong Kong uh, Disney Plus or whatever. But uh, yeah, even being mildly critical of any of uh, China's history or anything like that, I think is <laughs> automatic cancellation by China, but probably by the rest of the world too. I think the only people who could ever get away with it are the Simpsons and South Park. Probably, yeah. On this level, anyway. Uh, then they're at the Great Wall of China, and they're saying it's kept at the barbarians who are now attempting to use their pogo sticks to get in, which doesn't work. Like, come back on Monday with five new ideas. I can't. My kid has a thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's parent life. My kid has a thing. <laughs> they're now watching the stage show about the American dream, which apparently this is a real thing. Dana said that he saw these when he went to China. It's like they do these weird shows where they dress up and wear the makeup. <gasps> no, it's like showing the American dream. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, this is. Um they're doing Death of a Salesman, the play Death of a Salesman. Yeah. Uh, but, but, yeah, like a, <laughs> but with, as you said, this, uh, yeah, weird, ultra-Americanized version of it. <laughs> but I, I love Homer saying, finally, I get this play. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'd, I'd heard of Death of a Salesman all my life, but never really paid much attention to it. Then I saw it, I saw a production in Geelong yeah. with the great Australian actor Colin Friels. Uh, playing the lead role and seeing it at like age 40 something, seeing it with, you know, just own middle ages. Yeah, it was really happening. It's like, oh boy, <laughs> this is hitting home because <laughs> it's all about, you know, um, unfulfilled potential and, you know, uh, dreams that were never fulfilled and all this kind of stuff. Like, oh, <laughs> this was a fun night out of the theatre. <laughs> <laughs> so they sell a box of tissues at the merch stand? Oh, God. The, sell guns. Yeah. <laughs> sell, sell ropes to make a noose for all, oh, the, for all these old dudes who go to see it. Oh, no. Madam Wu then questions Homer on um, on what he does. And I've, I've got here only just now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what have you been doing this whole time, Madam Wu? But uh, he says he's going to be a Chinese acrobat, which at least it's not just a passing gag. At least it plays into the episode later yeah. on, as silly as it is. Did you notice the crusty fried chicken in the background? I did. Yeah. Dana was saying that every time he goes back to China, it's a little bit more Americanized. Oh, man. Lisa, soon you will have a Chinese baby sister who will surpass you academically. I don't know about that. I'm considered pretty smart. Well, Tibet was considered pretty independent. How'd that work out? How dare you make light of that brutal? 
Mind your manners, Lisa. Such loving discipline. Maybe someday someone will love you too, childless servant. <laughs> There's a few little digs at, uh, at China here that. Yeah. Um, and like the, the, at the fact that they had her be all smart ass about it, I was like, geez. Yeah. Good lord. <laughs> Uh, then we get the Chinese acrobat theatre, and the show kind of gets a little bit wacky here. When I say kind of, I mean it does. Yeah, but the um, the show isn't over until the skinny man and drag sheiks, as we said earlier. I thought this was great. Our main star has an onset of outspokenness and has a bullet-related death. I was like, oh, Jesus Christ. You are not packing any punches. And then everyone questions the leadership of the country. I was like, oh, So Homer has to, like, save communism. <laughs> You're communist? Well, why did I see all the rudimentary free markets? Free markets. That's great. Yeah. That's really good. It's very, very, very funny. I like that a lot. He's a smart cat, Dana Gould. He's, yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I, I haven't <laughs> been a fan of some of the episodes he's written previously, but this one, I think because it, it meant something to him yeah. personally, he really brought out his, his A game. I thought it was good. Absolutely. Sorry, Lawrence Talbot. Yeah. Yes, of course. Yes. All right. For all you Chinese listeners coming. out there, this was not Dana Gould. I repeat, it's not Dana Gould. <laughs> <laughs> Summer throws Homer on stage because she panics and um, she wants him to succeed because she says, you know, you're a Chinese acrobat. You better get up there. And then he has to be a part of the main the, the main show, which is Chairman Wow. I really liked, once I was stacking all the chairs up, when Homer was at the top and it started collapsing, I thought the visual of him falling, I was like, I thought it looked Ooh. really awesome. Like he was, yeah. he hadn't caught up to the chairs yet. Like the chairs were falling. He's just like <laughs> catching up to them. But the sound of when he lands, I was like, oh, wee. It doesn't sound good at all. That, that, the back crack sound always gets me. Always. Yes. Spinal stuff is just, oh, yeah. I mean, I don't watch a lot of wrestling. I'm, I know that you do. But uh, I'm, do they ever have moves where, you know, someone's sort of picked up and, like, crunched? It's called the backbreaker. Natch. Okay. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I think that's probably the reason I don't watch wrestling. I'm like, oh, no, I can't take it. <laughs> Homer wakes up and he thinks they're doing acupuncture, but no, it's just a porcupine has snuck in. Come back to the year of the porcupine. This was one of my, which is never. That was one of my favorite bits. I don't know why. I thought that was just hilarious. Come back to the year of the porcupine, which is never. (laughs) Uh, Salma brings in Ling Bouvier, and I was like, ah, adorable. Mm. It was just so lovely seeing Salma finally get the 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 baby she's always always wanted. She squeezes Homer's eyes, and Salma says, "No, I really appreciate what you did, and as a result, I'll let you have a little bit of time with Miss October. I'd love to, but Marge would kill me." (laughs) <laughs> Alright, listeners, by the way, I apologise if you can hear a lot of shenanigans going on out there. Nicola is trying to put Holly to bed. <laughs> so oh. uh, you can hear a baby crying. Uh, just, I guess it's a, it's a baby episode, so you know. But um but yeah, Holly, yeah uh, Nicola's a- trying to put Holly to bed and it's not going well by the sounds of it. Anyway, let's continue. Oh, I, I think the rambunctiousness of the Dando household is partly why people tune in. As opposed <laughs> to the austere silence and sadness of the Davis household. Is that a cat? I hope so, but um, but Madam Wu is watching uh, Homer have a quick snuggle uh, with Miss October. Uh, this line here: "Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on Wu." <laughs> they called her Madam Wu just for that line. Someone <laughs> <laughs> um, says, "You know, you're going to be so happy in America." Unlike everybody else that's there. I was like, yep. <laughs> and then they uh, they arrive because they realize that it's not a real marriage. And it's a sham and they cancel the adoption. When Ling screams out mama, at, I was like, oh, my heart is breaking for poor Ling. Mm. Yeah. She'd only been, you know, attached to the... Uh to the clan for a little for a little moment there it was like oh no they did a really good job of making you making you care but of course you got to end on a funny so the, the fortune cookies are really really <laughs> great specific, aren't they? Yeah. we come back from commercial and they're at the airport and summer is just traumatized she's just so sad because she's had her baby taken away but lisa has a plan and then she realizes you never know you gotta be quiet though because you never know where there might be a spy and we get the chinese bard <laughs> don't have cattle that makes more sense because the fucking subtitles on Disney Plus said kettle. I was like, don't have a kettle, uh. do you? Okay. But no, cattle. That makes so much more sense now. <laughs> All righty. But anyway, so we're at the orphanage. And did you see the um, the sign that said there's a deal on 2004s? <laughs> uh, they, they decide they're going to paint home a gold like a Buddha statue so that will drag him inside because he can't leave it at the front. And then do you remember how he gets his expression of utter serenity? What's he thinking of? I want to say he's thinking of food. 
He's thinking of that time he found a junior mint in his belly button. Belton. That's right. Oh, God. That's so gross. A Buddha statue? We cannot leave it outside. It is bad feng shui. Feng shui? I thought that was just a trick to sell crappy end tables to the West. Just put this hook in his nostril and pull. What do you think of the, the, the feng shui? <laughs> Gang. <laughs> <laughs> Not unfunny. I mean, remember when Feng Shui was just like a huge thing? Oh, it, it, it meant something to a lot of people. It really did. Houses were getting designed around it. Yeah. You know, your interior decoration was like, better get the Feng Shui right. I don't think anyone's used those terms. I, don't, I think we're the first people to have said it out loud in five or ten years. Now, I think now it's all about vibe. People are using the word vibe now, don't they? It's vibe. It's all about I, vibes. I, someone, someone the other day said to me, that's a vibe. I'm like... No, that's not a saying. Don't say that. That's stupid. Yeah. How about you just go away from me? <laughs> I don't like <laughs> that, you. That's a vibe. That's a vibe. I'm like, stop yeah. saying that's a vibe, please. Just, just fry him. <laughs> I don't like you. <laughs> yeah, not good. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like you. That's a reference to our review of Mars University, available on our Patreon channel with our Tales of Futurama podcast. We're coming close to the end of season one with Tales of Futurama now. So if you want to hear us review the Futurama episodes, just head to our Patreon channel now. We can find, I think it's 12, maybe 11 or 12 episodes so far. It's a hell of a good time. Anyway, continuing on with Goo Goo Gaipan, Homer gets dragged in. They say they're going to chop him up and then worship the pieces. And then Homer finds Ling. Uh, Dana was saying in the commentary that when Homer opens up the door and you see all the babies, he goes, that's exactly what it's like. Oh, wow. <laughs> but I just loved, though, when he's, when he's looking for the babies and he's going, Ling, Ling, like she would know who, who, yeah. who, who but her name. But anyway, when she grabs his eyes, Ling, and she's just so happy to see him. And I was like, oh, this is great. I love this. This is man, making me very happy, of course. 10,000 happinesses already. <laughs> yeah, they're about to escape. But Madame Wu arrives in a tank just so they can get the tank man reference in. I didn't mind it. It was fine. You had to do it, didn't you? I think you had to. It's probably, it'd be top three most iconic images people have of China, right? Certainly in the last 50 years, yeah. I read into it. So apparently he didn't die, that guy. Oh. But no one really knows the truth. But the the story is that the um there were other people that did it as well and he didn't die. But oh no. We've never seen him since. <laughs> Not a lot of people popping up saying they're Tank Man. No. <laughs> you think if he was Tank Man, you'd probably pop up by now. <laughs> I cannot allow her to be raised by an unmarried woman. Madam Wu, I too work for a cruel and faceless empire, the Department of Motor Vehicles. May I talk to you, bureaucrat to bureaucrat? Yes, but you first must sign this form. <laughs> an initial here. And here. <laughs> now, we must find a notary. <laughs> this is Wang Bull's time to shine. <laughs> but I love how, you know, if you're going to talk bureaucrat to bureaucrat, yeah, you've got to get it notaried. You've got to sign initial here. I love all that. I thought that was very a very funny gag on Dana's part. Someone says, you know, if someone in a position of power that's similar to mine, you know that there's, there's rules that you have to follow. You love enforcing these rules that are, that are ridiculous. But there's a greater joy in bending said rules for someone who thinks that all hope is gone. I was like, yep, that's true. I mean, there'd be plenty of police officers out there who have bent the rules slightly because they're just like, this guy just needs a break. You know, hmm. I even mentioned, I think, on our Mars University episode, how I got done with my phone at the, the red lights. And they're like, <laughs> yeah. screaming babies in the back, like, this guy needs a break. We'll just <laughs> give him a warning. <laughs> but Homer backs up Salma and she says, you know, not going to find anyone on this planet that's going to give this baby more love than what Salma would. I thought that's nice of Homer to back her up. It's a very, very good job here. And then Wu explains that, you know, you may not understand this, you may not believe it, but I was once a child and her dad was a great ping pong player and he died when the, the ping pong ball got stuck in his throat. The Heimlich maneuver was created the day after, um, but she was raised and she knows that being raised alone is something that can be done because that's what her mother did. So she agrees to let Salma take the baby. Then we get Homer choking the panda. Is this what you didn't like? Yeah, that's another part. <laughs> I thought that's a bit much. The, the, the visual of the baby and the dad grabbing him, I, I thought it was, it was funny. It was silly, but it's. it's I guess you, you, yeah, you kind of wanted to put a comic button on the uh, on the moment, but I don't know. I think it worked perfectly nice with that you know, heartfelt moment. I don't I'll think you endanger you. <laughs> That's kind of funny. They um they wave goodbye and don't don't worry, Ling, you'll be back someday as a spoiled American teenager, and then she copies Summer's laugh, which was quite sweet. Yes. Then we get fake Chinese Bart. Feast on my shorts, stupid father man. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love it if there were like bootleg teas of that. Yeah, that would be cool. Yeah. 
Goodbye, Simpsons. You'll be back someday, Ling. As a spoiled American teenager. <laughs> Something's wrong with Bart. He's acting weird. Feast on my shorts, stupid father man. Wait, you're not Bart. Eh, close enough. <laughs> American Jacks are going home. Now we sleep for a thousand years. When we wake, the world will end. And that's the end of the episode, which I'm going to say is probably the best travel episode they've done since the uh, Tokyo one, don't you reckon? Japan. I think so. I mean, yeah, look, as I said, slight but sweet. I'll, as is always the case when we uh, go back over an episode, yeah, a lot. <laughs> I found it a lot funnier than when I was watching it. Yeah. I, I watched, like I said, I watched it the first time. I was like, oh, that happened. And I watched it again, taking proper notes. And I was like, yeah, I like this, I like that, I like that. Then listened to the commentary and I was like, ah, oh, now I can enjoy this more because I know it's a. It meant something to, to the writer. And I was like, ah, oh, now, now I can see the, the sweetness in that moment. And this, I'm like, oh, that's nice. And oh, yeah. So I, I enjoyed it a lot more after knowing the, the backstory <laughs> to the episode anyway. But um, yeah. Indeed. And But you said, you know, that's the end of the episode. It's not quite because no. we still get the tutorial by one David Silverman on how to draw Bart Simpson. Yes, which we explained is something they need to do more of. I thought it was cool. I always love when you see the people behind the show. Or even like, remember the Rolling Stones episode where you saw them doing the voices? Absolutely. That kind of yeah, stuff they're, they're, is so, so fun. You should wish they incorporated more of that. Yeah, when you've got a guest star, yeah, and particularly a big name guest star, I mean, you know, Lucy Liu's popular. Well, we didn't actually <laughs> yeah, mention her, her portrayal of Madame Wu. What did you think of Lucy Liu? I thought she was just fine. <laughs> she, yeah. you know, she was game and she uh, did the both the... The dramatic heavy lifting and the comedic stuff, as you said, you know, uh, fool me once, shame on you, fool me twice, shame on woo. That's pretty funny and done well. So, yeah, no, good work by Lucy Luke. Apparently, she was just absolutely lovely and she gave the crew, I think it was the writing staff maybe even, um, a big muffin basket, like a huge food basket. And they'd been there for a couple <laughs> of days. And then I think it was Ian Maxstone Graham took the muffins home and gave them to like friends of his and stuff. And the guys came in like the next day like, hey, where's the muffins? And he's like, Gave them away. Like, the fuck? <laughs> like, They're the muffins. muffins. <laughs> no, 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 no. Apparently, it's like a thing that stuck with them. They're like, it's the, the great fucking muffin it caper. Like, <laughs> I couldn't <laughs> believe it. And then um, Lucy Lou returned to do another role on the show or something. She was like, oh, so did you guys enjoy the muffins? They're like, no, he gave them away. And she's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> what did we learn, Palmer? What did you learn from Goo Goo Guy Pan, Mr. Davis? Uh, that menopause is actually not... To be feared. It is not to be feared. No, not at all. I learned that whenever I'm considering adopting a baby, always wait for the clearance sale. <laughs> Go down to 5,000 happinesses. Exactly. <laughs> From this day forward, your names will be... All right, it is now time for the Guy Davis New Name Championship for Season 16. The current leaderboard stands at this. In third position, D.L. Gorman on nine points. In second position, Luke McKay on 13. And Philip Hawkins just hanging on to that top position on 16 points. All right, take it away. Let's do this. A couple of honourable mentions mm-hmm. before we get to the points. Uh, the Chinese Takeaway. Chinese takeaway, I really do enjoy that. That was from Jack McCarthy. I think that's the first time he's been mentioned on the new name championship this season. So well done, Jack. There you go, Jack. And also, it's raining menopause. <laughs> that's also very good. <laughs> Whenever I hear that title, though, it's raining men. Obviously, you've got, it's, it's, it's Homer's favourite song at most, but it just reminds me of that really bad remake by Jerry Halliwell. I want to say oh, the early right, 2000s. Yeah. <laughs> we all love Ginger Spice, but yeah, she dropped the ball on that one. Uh, it was just, I remember when she came out and she got really, really thin and she cut her hair short and it was blonde. I was like, no! <laughs> <laughs> what, what happened? How dare you? How dare you? <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> you took away the spice. I oh, know, took away everything about it that I loved. Anyway, uh, that was from our, oh, our dear friend, Nora Coca. Nora Coca. Nothing like the real thing. Yeah. All righty. One point goes to Ouching Homer, Hidden Marriage. I feel like this one was going to be have a lot of uh, film references, and I thought that that's one sure way to guide Davis's heart, and that's what this was, and that was one point going to Brian Hughes. Well done, sir. That puts you on four points. Well done. Hughesy. Well done. All right, two points mm. for The Ling and I. 
Mm, that's also very, very good. Following a theme here, and that is uh, one D.L. Gorman. So, oh, D.L. Yeah. getting ever so close now, now on 11 points, only five points behind the leader, Philip Hawkins. Well done, D.L. Well, let's see who gets the three points. Mm. For Little Trouble in Big China. Oh, it's another movie one and it's an even better one. And that one is from... Oh, it's happened, Mr. Davis. He's done it again. He's caught to, He's caught up. He's caught up to Phil Hawkins. It's Luke McKay. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, we now, we now have a two-way tie in first position. Luke McKay and Philip Hawkins both on 16 points. Five points behind those gentlemen is D.L. Gorman on 11 in second. And Heath Appleby now outright third on seven points. It's getting tight at the top there once again. <laughs> I love this. This, this championship's amazing. Ever since we did the whole blind thing, it's just so good. <laughs> Oh, always good to have, you know, neck and neck. And, oh, man, very exciting. Yeah, so thank you guys for contributing, contributing those new names. Don't forget, if you want to be a part of this excitement each and every week here on Four Finger Discount, you're just going to be a, a $1 plus patron. gets you access to the Facebook group and much, much more. So, you know, you know the deal. Go to the link, patreon.com slash Four Finger Discount. Support your, your good good buddies, uh, Guy, and, Guy and Dando and... Uh, Help the show grow, and in return, you get access to the group, and the, sh- the group will grow because you'll be in there, and you get access to bonus podcasts. Your happinesses will grow. E- everything grows as a result of supporting Four Finger Discount. You give a little, you get a little. You give a little, you get a lot. <laughs> well, actually, yeah, what am I saying? <laughs> and you give a lot, you get a lot more. <laughs> exactly right. All right, guys, it's now time we get into some mailbag. Mailbag. Jamil! Jamil is here! Ooh! Remember, guys, if you do have a question or a message for us, you can contact us at simpsonsmailbag at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from each and every one of you. Or if you don't want to send us a question, the other way you can support us is by chucking us our, uh, a review on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify, wherever you do find this podcast. All right, Mr. Davis, first question here coming from... Dave Abbott-Smith, and Dave Abbott-Smith says, has anyone ever been to China? So not just us, just anyone. He's obviously asking the Patreon group, but... He's asking you and I. He says he went to a cultural exchange. He was a cultural exchange student in uh, 10 years ago, had the runs 24-7, and because of that, he said absolutely sprint down the steps of the Great Wall. (laughs) Thanks for the story. (laughs) (laughs) Had the squirts. What an adventure. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, there you go. So he goes to China and gets the squirts. Um, I've never been (laughs) to China. I honestly just really don't have all that much interest in going to China. I know a lot of people do for obvious reasons, and that's that's up to them. Me personally, Mm. not overly interested i know you've been there have you not i've been to hong kong i spent some time in hong kong uh, back when i was a young man i I was there for about uh, three or four months worked over there Uh, how young oh i was in my early 20s okay yeah yeah my my sister was living over there at the time she was uh working at the well she was sort of running the convention and exhibition center it's a pretty big deal um and yeah, I, I freeloaded for like three months. Worked in an ad agency over there as an intern. Uh, it was it was pretty good. Yeah, this was before. I mean, it was a Chinese province, I guess, but it wasn't really China at that stage until yeah. ni- 1997 is when it became China again. So uh, and now it's become even more Chinese. So that's the the sort of the limit of my uh, experience. But no, I've never been to mainland China. I mean, it looks interesting, certainly, but uh, I have to say it would be somewhere down the the list of my preferred destinations. Rachel McLean asks, have you ever had to fake having a partner to get you into or out of a situation? Many a time back in my younger days, when I'm talking about when I was you know, 18 through 21, before I met Nicola, I'd have to pretend to be someone's partner when we're out in a nightclub just so some guy would stop creeping on them. And then they okay. take one look at me and go, fuck, I can take this guy. <laughs> <laughs> I think that might have been much the same with me, actually. Yeah, um, I, I loved being in the friend zone. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I ever wingmanned for um, a man or a woman, actually. So, yeah, clearly I'm not the, I'm, <laughs> I'm clearly not the type. No one's, no one's buying it. So I was um I worked in a deli and I was the only guy and there was like fifteen girls so we'd always like go out in in a, in a group and I'm like a guy's creeping like, quick Dando go over there and pretend to be your boyfriend so they leave her alone I'm like what oh, <laughs> you might punch me that's the closest I've ever come to pretending to be in a relationship here we go Georgia Catherine similar to this question would you fake being someone's husband for a purpose similar to this episode 
Well, I couldn't now. Oh, I guess I could if I. Oh, it's a big risk to take. I mean, it really is. Yeah, it's because I'm sure if you got caught, it's that's fraud. Pri- it's prison, right? <laughs> yeah, it, it's a crime. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> or the very yeah, it's yeah. If you're doing it for like official reasons, if someone wanted to adopt a baby and they were like, you can only adopt this baby if you're married. Oh, well, this is my husband, guys. Like, if I get busted, I'm, I might get in trouble. So I'm too pretty to go to prison. <laughs> I, I think I'm well beyond this day. Like, nobody wants that old steak. <laughs> Give me some fresh cuts. Andrew JP says, who's your favourite Chinese actor, artist, musician or athlete? Well, let's just go actor for you, Mr. Davis. Who's your favourite Chinese actor or actors from the past? Uh, gosh, well, I'm a big fan of the Asian superstar Chow Yun-Fat. What's he been in? Well, he's best known for like being in John Woo movies from the early 90s, like The Killer and Hard Boiled, uh, known as the Asian Steve McQueen. Very cool gentleman. Um, also a very cool thing that he did, because he made like a ton of money from just being like a you know movie star and a spokesperson for brands and all that kind of stuff. I think a couple of years ago, he just said, I really don't need all this money. I don't need all that much. So yeah, I'm, I'm going to give the bulk of my fortune to charity, which he did. Good dude. Um, don't you just love it when famous people are just like, they come to the realisation where they go, I'm happy now. I've got enough. I don't need two-thirds of this money. Take yeah. it. Use it for something good, and I'm just going to be happy and comfortable. Yeah. Jim, Jim Carrey's basically done that. He's just like, I'm fucking done, guys. Fuck you guys. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so Yun Fat's my man. Um, also a big fan of Tony Lung, recently seen as the father of Shang-Chi in Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Uh, he's been in a bunch of stuff. He was also in Hard Boiled, a fantastic action movie that I recommend everybody check out. Uh, and a guy named Donnie Yen as well uh star wars fans might remember him as the blind um ah, okay. forced yes, yes. samurai from rogue one uh there's some great footage of him because he's been he's been working forever he started like working in the uh in the 80s and there's this great footage you can find it on youtube i think of him in like some teen or young adult movie out of hong kong in the in the 80s where he's just doing this Remarkable breakdancing and just pulling all these faces, and then but then he can just go kick your ass in seven different ways. So yeah, Donnie Yen, and don't even get me started on the ladies. I'm pretty sure he was my favourite part about that film, besides that K2SO, whatever it was, that robot. He was really good in Rogue One. Yeah, um, have you watched Andor? I've watched the first episode, and I was pleasantly surprised on how Star Warsy but un-Star Warsy it felt. I, I binge like four episodes in one night. I'm like, this is good. Really? Yeah, I was this. like, oh, yeah. this is kind of what they should have been doing from the start. Yeah. It feels like Star Wars. It doesn't feel like Disney Star Wars, though. Like, the, no. even Mando's become Disney Star Wars to, to an extent. It's just like, oh, you've kind of. Yeah, every, everyone loves Baby Yoda so much. It's like, let's, yeah, let's have a lot of Baby Yoda and let's bring Luke back in, but, you know, de age him and all that kind of stuff. It's like, no, Star Wars, a big universe, galaxy far, far away. Tell some yeah. other stories within that in different tones. So, yeah. And it's so cool. Spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't watched And. Actually, I won't say what happens, but. Mm-hmm. I, I, so, there's no spoilers here. But in that first episode, right in the very first start, the first fight sequence the way that ends i was like shit okay i did not (laughs) expect that to happen (laughs) yeah (laughs) it's a good show yeah yeah so i am i'm i'm glad it continues to be good because that first episode it really hooks you in i I was really impressed with andor yeah so i might check out more because i think it's every wednesday so i think like is it fifth episode tonight fifth episode uh yes is now. Oh, sorry, it was last night, well, last Wednesday. Is now night, up, course. yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, cool. All right, I'll check that out tonight. All right, let's do one more question. One more. Uh, uh, Matt Leewald says, after listening to last week's show and hearing the joy from you guys after Geelong's big win, I'm wondering what's your <laughs> ideal way to take in a championship game? It's obviously not in Australia because nobody calls it a championship game in Australia. <laughs> uh, watching at home alone, at home with friends, at a bar with friends, or at the actual event itself, the only one I haven't experienced was actually being in the stands when it happened, which is something I would love to be able to do one day. Have you ever been to a, a, a final, like a grand final or something? Were you at the one that your dad gave the trophy over? Yeah, I was at the uh, the grand final in 2007. And then again... Um, 09. When were That's we when in? Were we in 09? I think I was in that. I was well, 08 is when one. Geelong lost. And then 09, yes. they beat St Kilda in the close one. Your dad handed the trophy over. I thought that was 11. Oh, sorry, that was 11. I apologise. Yeah. 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 Nine, yeah. Seven, we won. Nine, we lost. Eleven, we won. Oh, no. Eight, we lost. Nine, we won. Eleven, we won as well. One, three. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, my mistake. Yeah. So, yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> Terrible that, fan. That, that, no. But uh, that would have been incredible. Seeing, like, your dad. Because your dad's a huge deal when it comes to Geelong Football Club. And seeing, he must have been so proud. Was he oh, nervous? Because, I mean, because he was in the media for years, but he must have been 
somewhat. Was it more pride or was it nervous? Like what? Was it was it? more joy than joy, anything yeah. else. Yeah, yeah. He was just thrilled. So yeah, that was yeah. that was fantastic. Yeah. Uh, and then the 2011 um, uh, victory was the year that Dad died. Actually, so there was a, there was a bit of a tribute to him as well. So he passed away. Wait, so so he didn't hand it over in 2011 then, because he was passed away. No, no, he he, he in 2007. Oh, he did. He hand, did he hand the first one over. Yeah. Oh shit! I thought he handed it. The, okay, cool. All right. I, for some reason, I thought someone else did. Oh, that. maybe. Okay, so he, oh, well, maybe. Let's have a look. I'm gonna look up the 2007 Premiership. It's all it's all blurring into one. All these wins. Yes, so many championships. <laughs> <laughs> ah, no, there he is, Bobby holding the trophy up with the team. What a photo! Yeah, that's he seven. Looks so, he, he looks so happy. That's 07, Yeah. 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 <laughs> that's awesome. All right. Well, there you go. Um. Yeah. I have been. I've been to one grand final, the 09 one, where we won, and the. the the thing is, it was such a close game that I can't actually remember much about it because I was so nervous. It was like I blacked mm. out. <laughs> I, um, I watched this year's one at home by myself because Nicola took the kids to a friend's place because I was yelling too loud. The other ones I've been at home, one with family, one with friends, all different experiences. I think being at the game, knowing you're going to win convincingly, that would be a pretty cool experience just being able to celebrate for like a half um, but yeah, being at home was pretty cool too because I was just screaming like a maniac and I could just go yeah. wild. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, I watched uh, this year's grand final with the lovely Louise and uh, her mum and her dad over at her dad's place and he had the monster-sized TV and, yeah, it was, it was great. Yeah, we had, we had a really good time doing that. It's good sometimes just be, you know, comfortable and in your own space. But, yeah, it, you're right. When you know you're going to win or when you're really confident going in, there's nothing like being there. It's fantastic. Yeah, it's amazing. I'm just looking at this here. It must have been 09 because Tom Hawkins didn't play in 07. It was 09. Okay. Or is it... Or is it no, so, what, what, don't, forgive me for asking, but what date was your father... Did he pass away? He died before the grand final in, in 11. So, it was definitely 2009 that he handed the trophy over. Okay. So, that was the one I was at. Okay, cool. I'm just looking at here. I'm like, that guy wasn't in 2007's team. So, it <laughs> must have been 2009. We finally got to the bottom of it. 2009, Bobby Davis... Guy's dad handed the trophy over to the championship team of the AFL Geelong. We'll, we'll never forget that again. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're running out of time here, guys, for the mailbag. Thank you, guys, for your questions. Don't forget, simpsonsmailbag at gmail.com. If you want to send us a message or a question, follow us on Twitter at FourFingerPod and at FourFingerDiscount on Instagram. And also, please continue to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you do find this podcast. If you want to get some freebies not some freebies but some some bonus features some bonus podcasts in your ears you can support us on patreon next episode of four finger discount mr davis we are reviewing the episode mobile homer which i watched mm. during the week and i enjoyed a bit wacky but i enjoyed it i shall watch it soon and hopefully i'll do the same but we'll talk about it on the next episode of four finger discount we will indeed so this has been our review of Google guy pan hope you guys enjoyed our review it's been a fun old chat with mr davis once again but for now sir davis any final words for those listeners out there? Perfect podcasts every time.